0: This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Good morning, everybody. Great to be with you as we gather in our homes across this region, state, nation, wherever you may find yourself this morning, in Harbor at Home. I love this setting because through small group engagement, discipleship really, I think, takes on a deeper level and a deeper meaning as we connect and interact with each other in this space. In fact, today, we're going to be really dialing in here uh, to a concept that's so key in the discipleship journey of every believer. And it starts foundationally with this simple phrase of knowing God. And I think it's such a profound thought to most people that have never experienced a personal encounter and walked in a personal relationship with the Lord that you can actually know Him. So in our Harbor True North model, worship is this whole framework really of knowing God. It's not about singing songs on a stage or in a Sunday morning or at a harbor at home group or in whatever setting. Worship is actually knowing the Lord. In fact, the word of God says that the eyes of the Lord are roaming to and fro across the entire earth to seek out those whose hearts are truly his. The only hearts that are truly his are those that have been aligned to him as Father through his son Jesus. So let's dive in. This is going to be a powerful morning as we look at this concept of knowing God and focusing in on the eternal Word of God. Last week in our in-person gathering, I want to remind you, if you weren't able to watch it, dial into it. It's on our mobile app, on our website, on YouTube. You can, you can watch this message. But I talked about the glory of God, Now, I want to say this. I believe that as we enter into 2021, our focus, listen to me here, needs to be on the glory of God. Now, Darren, what is the glory of God? Ephesians chapter 4, it says the glory of God is this, that the bride of Christ, the entirety of his church, comes into perfect unity, number one. Number two, fullness of the knowledge of Jesus. We're going to kind of go there a little bit this morning on that aspect of the glory of God. Where we grow out of this knowledge of the Son of God in our faith. Our faith becomes immovable. Where nothing can take us off course. Nothing, nothing can veer us in a different direction. And then we become fully developed where we're lacking nothing in our lives. We're, we're in a, a state of wholeness in Christ and we are living a functional life in every capacity, in our marriage, with our children, with our relationships and friendships, in our workplaces, in the labor that we do to bring glory to his name and those spheres of influence that God has positioned us in to impact other people. Now look at this, just so as we kick off this whole glory of God concept, if that's what we're going for, Look at what John said in John chapter 17, verse 22. We're just gonna get some stuff on the inside of our hearts today. Look at what he says. He says, I have given them the glory. This is Jesus speaking. I have given them, talking about us, his disciples, the glory, Father, that you have given me. That is insane to me, the thought of that. Like the same glory, Greek word doxa, that the Father gave Jesus. Jesus has now given to us. Now, there's a reason for this. There's an intent for this glory to rest on us. He says, so that they, talking about his followers, would be one, Father, as you, I, and the Holy Spirit are one. Oh, my gosh. This is profound truth. In fact, all throughout the entirety of the Old Testament, we see an example of this in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. The word of God was always trying to communicate the union of the Godhead. Look at what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 4. Sorry, 6, verse 4. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord God is one. Not just talking about monotheism, one God, but three in one, a unified Godhead. This was always the message to Israel, to his people, now to the New Testament church, that we would reflect God in our union with each other through the glory of God that we have been given. We carry the glory of God. And we're going to see the contrast here in just a little bit where I think we've been so focused on the glory of man, which is a reality. But it's not going to get us to where Holy Spirit wants us to go. In fact, in Bible school, one of my teachers, he would have us sing the Shema. Shema, Israel, Adonai, Eloheinu. Shema, Israel, Eh, Echad. It's talking about the Lord God is one. The Lord is unified. This is what Israel would sing for 3,000, 4,000 years leading up to the birth of Jesus. You see, the disciples, as they encountered the glory of God, they testified of their encounter with this one, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the eternal word, which brought life to the seed of Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 and others that they had in them their whole life, but it was never activated. Listen, if we're going to be disciples who change the world, we can't just be hearers of the word. We need to be doers. Now, doers is not talking about a performance-based striving of religion. It's talking about the activation of Holy Spirit In our hearts where we come into union with the glory of God that we carry and that seed of his word, the eternal word, now begins to come and bear forth forth fruit. Look at John chapter 1 verse 14. The disciples testified this. Again, I'm just laying foundation here and then we're going to go somewhere this morning. It says, and so the living expression, some translations say the word, it's talking about Jesus, became a man. That is so important. Jesus did not come solely as God. Yes, he was God in the flesh, but it says he gave up his divine rights and privileges and manifested himself as God on the earth in the form of a man. Flesh and blood, humanity, just like us, and lived among us. Now look what they said. They said, We gazed upon the splendor of his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, overflowing with mercy and truth. They saw him, they beholden him. Did you know we can have the same experience as we look in to the written word of God? As we tap in now to the presence of Jesus that is able to be all places at all times and not just limited to one physical location like it was with the disciples. That's why I said, guys, it's better that I go away because I'm gonna send a comforter, a helper to you that now will be able to have Access to all people, every single person, seven billion people on the earth could have access to gaze upon this one, to experience Jesus himself manifest in the earth, now not in flesh and blood, but in spirit. And then his people take on this same glory that he carried because he now lives on the inside of us, Christ in us the hope of glory for the rest of the world. This is where God wants to bring, listen to me, oh, I'm getting passionate here this morning uh, because this is just so in my heart right now. He wants to bring a revival and awakening first to the church. We need to be these ones that put on display Christ himself, just like Jesus did when he was here in the flesh, to his disciples. We now carry him, and he's calling us to put this on display. Now, the fruit, as we actually see this. We'll know when we're in this because it's clear in the word. There's a fruit that will happen when we're carrying and manifesting the glory of Jesus. Perfect unity. I read to you early Ephesians quotes from Ephesians chapter 4 and those four things I touched on last week. But look at what John chapter 17 verse 23 says because we got to know kind of, okay, markers. How are we doing here? Where are we at really in this journey? Are we just religious people just doing religious activity not really manifesting the fruit of discipleship he says in verse 23 i am in them and you are in me jesus talking about he um, in the father and us in him or him and us sorry may they experience again talking about his disciples such perfect unity now check this out they're in he's this is the prayer so that the world will know that you sent me and you love them as much as you love me. You see, the reason the fruit is so important in terms of the bride being unified, does that mean that we agree in every little thing? No, it's unification in the knowledge of the Son of God who Jesus really is. For so long, people haven't had a clue, even in church, who Jesus really is. For sure, who the Father really is. God is trying to come and give us an understanding as we have encounter with the eternal word of the Lord on who Jesus is, and even more importantly, who the Father is, because he came to show us the Father. And when we see the Father, when we be transformed just like the Lord was with everything he says, with everything he does as he exists in that eternal kingdom, that otherworldly reality, we now take on his nature and we begin to unify with other people that are doing the same thing in their knowledge and understanding of Jesus. That's just like ours. You see, unity will be the only thing, I'm convinced of this, that will cause the world to know that the Father sent Jesus to them and that the Father actually loves them. If He doesn't see the love of God manifested in us with each other, if the world doesn't see that, how are they going to understand that God has a heart for them as well? Now, this only happens through surrender, death to self. These are important phrases. God, I'm not going to try to do this on my own, in my own strength. I don't want to no longer continue to live in the old self that I once was, that broken person. No, because you've made me a new creation in your son, where I'm now alive in Christ. And our hearts in that place of life and life abundantly now begin to align in obedience to him and what his commands are to us as his followers. Be disciples. Go and make disciples. Love one another. Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Again, not out of our own religious effort. Take on my perfection. Let that thing that's inside of you, this glory, manifest my very nature through your life. That's what's going to do it in the world. Now look how this changes everything. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22, as we wrap this up. So important to catch this. It will change everything in the body of Christ. We're talking about knowing God this morning. Knowing God equates to something. It's not just like, oh, I know Jesus. I've heard a lot of people say they know Jesus. But their life doesn't reflect knowing Jesus. And that's no condemnation. I'm not throwing stones at that. I'm just saying, if you know the Lord, you will reflect the Lord. All right? Look what he says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. Now because of your obedience, there it is. There's now a response. They've surrendered. They've died to self. They, they, they no longer are alive in their old man, their old nature. They're, they're now alive in Christ. Their hearts are aligned in obedience to his word. He says, you have now purified your very souls. Oh my goodness, now look at this. This is so profound. He says, and this empowers you To be full of love for your fellow believers. So express this sincere love to one another passionately and with a pure heart. Verse 23. For through this eternal, the eternal and living Word of God, the Word is alive, okay? It's not dead. You have been born again. You've been transformed. You've been transformed. And this seed that He planted within you, oh, can never be destroyed, but will live and grow inside you forever. Come on. From glory to glory to glory to glory, ever-increasing fruit of the seed of God as maturity begins to have its way as we respond by his grace in obedience to the truth that he has commanded to us. And there won't be a day or a month or a week or a year, whatever, that the body of Christ is not ascending to new heights in the Lord and thus manifesting his power in the earth because we know him. This is the glory of God. Now, for me, over 2020, it showed me so many things. And I mentioned this early, ber- earlier, but I believe that still, so much focus is on what the Bible refers to as the glory of man versus the glory of God. First Peter says this, chapter 1, verse 24, quickly as we end. Human beings are frail and temporary. It's outside of God, outside of God living in us, like grass, and he says, And the glory of man is fleeting like blossoms of the field. The grass dries and withers and the flowers fall off. You see, if we're focusing on, listen, listen, this is what I was taught for so many years. Develop yourself, you know, whether it's intellectually, um, physically, um, relationally. You have within you You know, all that you need to fulfill your destiny. Partially true. Partially true. But outside of God living in you, where his glory now takes preeminence, the glory that God put in you as a man, as a woman, will never be able to come to its full fruition. We see this in Paul's life. Man, that guy was one of the smartest apostles that ever walked the planet. He was more committed, more zealous. He actually says it. Read about it. He says, man, I was, you know, a Hebrew of Hebrews. I mean, I was circumcised on the seventh day. I was, was, you know, uh, more zealous than any of you guys. And yet it was nothing compared to what? The excellency of knowing Christ coming into alignment with the fellowship of his sufferings. In other words, because he was walking in obedience to the Lord, he took the hits that the culture of the world was giving him, not people. We don't battle against flesh and blood. The culture of this world. But but in the midst of this, he was so satisfied because the glory of God was reigning in him because he said, I want to know the power of his resurrection, that life that he was carrying and the increase that he could could continue to, to, to find with that seed maturing on the inside of him. I think about where the church is at right now, and I am not discouraged at all because I am filled with faith that the seed that was planted in their heart, maybe they sat through one service, maybe a thousand, I don't know. And maybe none of that is actually being fully expressed through their life transformation at the moment. But it's in there. And Jesus is gonna get his reward. But it's up to the church to preach the gospel that it is possible to know him and to live and walk in his likeness, to be like him, to take that those beautiful giftings and all the things that he gave us, that glory of man, but have it come under submission to the glory of God because we've had an encounter with the living and eternal word, Jesus himself. We beheld him, if you will, through our experiences with him in the Logos and outside of the Logos that aligns with the Logos, all right? The written word. Peter continues, verse 25, but the word of the Lord endures forever and this was announced to you. How was it announced to to them? Through people that were preaching this message. Through people that we're talking about, it's possible to know God. It's possible to be dead to your old self. It's possible to be alive in Christ. It's possible to have that seed that was in your heart that you didn't even see growing anyway, any way become alive because of the washing of the water of the word that begins to make this thing sprout forth. The gospel was declared. How, how much do we even think about the gospel let alone tell other people about it do we comprehend it for ourselves? do we realize that this is our portion it's not just to go to church it's not just to have another meeting it's to know jesus to walk with jesus what he began he will complete but he's going to work in partnership even if it's with a Gideon army tribe that's on the earth you know that's like okay You've given me the word of the Lord. You're strong and courageous. Didn't believe that about myself. But hey, I'm going to believe you and what you have to say about me. I'm going to look for others that are drinking, that are thirsty, that are watching because they want to see something happen on the earth. And you begin to come into community with those kind of people, walk together, run together. You're going to see something powerful. You're going to see transformation coming to the earth because we're declaring the gospel. Here's my questions for you as you... Have some conversation in your Harbor at Home group today. In what way? Let's get honest this morning. Have you put your trust in the glory of man over the glory of God? Hmm. Something to think about. I think, I'm just going to be real. I think it's the reason we're not really seeing what we long to see. especially in our cities. I want to ask you a second question based on what you heard today, what change has taken place in your heart? And I want, to, I want to angle that one like this. I want you to talk about what you heard today with each other. You know, if it's come in, it will come out of your mouth. You'll, you'll have that understanding, that revelation. Talk about what did you hear today? When Darren was talking about the eternal word of God and all these things. Pretty simple. Give you a, a cheating answer. You can know God, you can know the Lord, you can know Him personally. And in knowing Him, you can be like Him. Last question How has the gospel positioned each one of us to express sincere love towards other believers? which is how the world will truly know that we are his disciples, that the Father sent him, and that the Father loves them. It's time to stop the nonsense that's been going on between believers in the church. And if you're a real believer, you will be able to love others as Christ loved you. Listen. Listen. What a joy to be with you this morning. I love you. I'm so excited to go on this journey with you to knowing God, being true worshipers, and seeing our lives transform so we can transform the world around us. God bless you guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard.